let's just pray together. Senior Pastor is actually uh, not feeling too well, so we want to pray. Uh, we thank you for thank God for his faithfulness, and this morning he still come and deliver God's word. So let's just pray together for him and for ourselves. Father, we thank you, Lord, that in uh, our weakness, Lord, your strength is made perfect. And Father, I thank you for the faithfulness of senior pastor who still wants to deliver your word this morning. So God, will you strengthen him to do so? Father, we thank you for all that you have laid upon his heart. Father, may he deliver that with your strength. Father, it is your word, and we want to hear your word this morning. Open up our hearts to you. Uh, and may your, your grace, Lord, be upon our senior pastor. May your grace be upon us, Lord, that we can receive your word this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I said last week that over the next few Sundays, I want to try and bring a bit of the principles that uh, I and others have learned from Living Sanctuary in their yearly community pastoring seminar. Now I'll bring that to PPH so that uh, for those who have not been, uh, you will see how, how amazing that is. And, and you can say that Living Sanctuary is perhaps the foremost practitioners of uh, community outreach in Singapore today. And they have blessed so many uh, lives. And there's a lot that we can learn from them. So today we start with the parable of the Good Samaritan uh, about seeing and stopping. It's a sermon that... Uh, one of our favorite elders uh, says he cannot preach because he says he's too familiar and the time given is too short. <laughs> Mainly because the time given is too short. So I have 30 minutes and I need grace today for 30 minutes now and 30 minutes at the second service. But in 30 minutes, I'm going to preach a five-point sermon three times. So we'll see how it goes. First of all, let's read. Uh, I'm reading from the... English Standard Version, the parable of the Good Samaritan, in Luke chapter 10, from verse 25. Luke chapter 10, from verse 25 till the end. Luke chapter 10, from verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day, he took out two denarii and gave, it to the, gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay when I come back. 
which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Firstly, it's about seeing. The good Samaritan saw what the priest and the Levite were unable to see. The priest and the Levite watched, but they didn't really see. Jesus saw. Jesus saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Now, nearly 20 years ago, PPH had very little impact on our community. Yes, we tried to serve the community around us. I always remember the strategy of the seven bus stops, seven bus stops from, from PPH and all this condo and landed property, but we couldn't see them because they were not willing to be seen by us. I mean, when you knock on a door, who comes out but a helper? And some of the security systems were such that you couldn't even see the helper. But by and large, these people who live in the condos and landed uh, property, if they, have need, <coughs> if they have needs, they know where to find help and they have the resources to tackle those needs. What we must see is the more than 80% of Singaporeans who live in HDB flats. And so the leaders initially took prayer drives from Telok Blangah all the way to Teban Gardens to discern where the Lord would have us serve among the more than 80% who live in HDB flats. And there was a quick consensus that Teban Gardens was the area uh, uh, the, uh, discerned among the leaders. And we've been there since November 2002. Our first activity there in November 2002 was a health screening. I also remember doing a prayer walk around Teban Gardens. There's a beautiful picture I just plucked off the, the internet taken of Teban Gardens from the Pandan Reservoir. And I remember taking a, a prayer walk around there, uh, around 2008, and I saw many foreign workers. And as I was walking, praying for the blocks of flats that we minister in, I was just thinking, and I believe maybe the Lord dropped that thought into my head, that, that for all the foreign workers who were sitting around under lampposts in the void decks, um, all they really want is to have like a three-room flat. As you walk through like this and see, oh my goodness, if I could have that three-room flat in India or Bangladesh, that would be great. That would be the reward of all my labor in, in Singapore. And, and then we started the, um, the Telugu work. So first you, you have the see, and then you have the stop. Well, the good Samaritan stopped. He could have walked on by like the Levite, like the priest. So we need to stop. We need to stop and ask God, God, are you saying something to me as you walk through life? And so we stop and then we talk to the MP. We learn from Living Sanctuary. We talk to Asia Evangelistic Fellowship who had Indian uh, foreign workers' work going on. We talked to MCDS in those days, Ministry of Ministry of Community Development and Sports, uh, which no longer exists, but in another form now. 
And I will always remember that as we stopped, cases started coming to us. We were referred to a case of a woman in Pandan Gardens whose husband went missing, just simply disappeared. And we were helping her uh, because the HDB wanted to take back her flat. We were introduced to a man, I remember his name, Anthony Raphael, in Teban Gardens Block 3, I think. And when I went and knocked on his block, this was a name given to us by the government. I knocked on his door and found out how poor he was, gave him something, and he said, this Christmas, an angel came to me, and uncle is angel. It was just incredible. When you see and when you stop, things begin to happen. I always remember my, uh, a good friend who was an MP, and when he, I mean, he was upper middle class all the way, CEO, drive BMW and Porsche and all that. When he became an MP, and then he did a bit of capping as in walking around his community, he said, I never knew there were poor people in Singapore. I never saw the community which I don't live in, which is an HDB flat. So you see, you stop, and then you sympathize. <coughs> the Good Samaritan sympathized with the broken man. Now, I'm not sure if that man was a, a black Ethiopian or a whitish-looking European, uh, what they call it, Ashkenazi Jew, or he was a Samaritan. It, it's not revealed to us in the Bible, but he was broken. And I show this picture of the $1 coin because this man, Tan Seng Chi, we got to know him, I think in Block 43 or something. And he lived alone, tried to commit suicide. He was very sick. And two of our ladies went there and ministered to him, cleaning up feces, cleaning up feces. And just before he died, he gave us this coin. I want to thank you so much. I've kept this $1 coin, which is a little bit unusual, I guess, nowadays. And he gave it to us. And when he died at the funeral in Mount Vernon, his brother and his wife, estranged brother, whom we helped to reconcile, because in the end, he asked his brother for forgiveness. And brother, brother's wife, that's it at the funeral. Everyone else was a PPH member. And that's how we sent him, Mr. Tan Seng Chi, to heaven because he was harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. I want to show you a very short video which you might have seen more than 10 years ago. And I want to see the response of this, of this church. Click on play, I think there's a... No, I'm so disappointed in your response. Because if you laugh, I think you're evil. If you wince and you felt bad for this guy, it's called pity. But if you shouted out, watch out, it's not a football, then you have sympathy and compassion. Right? And I've seen Many people have compassion in our, our ministry in Teba Gardens, all this 16. 
Is it 16? Yeah, 16 and a bit years. Because they take action. That is compassion. Not just do a prayer walk and say, oh, so pitiful, uh, your house so small. So pitiful, uh, you are still worshipping idols and still very in, in so much fear. So there's a very big difference between pity and sympathy or compassion. Fourthly, spending. The Good Samaritan saw, the Good Samaritan stopped, the Good Samaritan sympathized with the broken man, and the Good Samaritan spent money on him, two denarii, and then an open check. What have we spent? Okay, in our first center, we spent about $250,000 to rebuild the center, but that's not the main cost. The main cost are the salaries. Okay, year after year, this is a people's ministry, so year after year, we have staff serving, and four times a year, we have, I think, more than half the church serving as in capping. I, I showed this picture of the check because I never showed it before. It's the first time we receive money from the government. <coughs> $20,000, and uh, I'm so glad to be able to show it to you. But that was it, okay? We spent a heck of a lot more than what the government uh, was able to give us. We spend money for transport every Sunday. We have two buses coming here. Every Sunday night, we have, I think, four or five buses. And that's like $45,000, okay, just for Tolugu. Um, we spend money as in financial aid for those who are unable, unable uh, uh, to, to meet needs. We spend money on tuition subsidies. I just got the numbers for this year for those who are attending our study club, that is our tuition and our subsidy is about 33%. Okay, we charge a very, very minimal fee, and yet so many of them cannot afford it, so we subsidize 33%. And I was a little bit surprised when I looked at the figures for a student care centre. We now have 30 children in our brand new, or actually as of July last year, student care centre, and we only subsidize 13%. Okay, uh, so you spend when you see, you stop, you sympathize. And lastly, fifth point in my sermon is you save. You offer, and then the people receive salvation. This slide I showed uh, towards the end of, of December, and the title there, when I showed it, was From Capping to Baptism. I know we sow a lot, and we also do a good amount of reaping over the years when people receive the love of God, when they receive salvation, or sometimes I like to put it, very bluntly, when we send them to heaven, we have conducted so many funerals for people in um, in Teban Gardens. And once I did a bit of spending for this dead guy, whom we sent to heaven, it was his wish all his life to wear a jacket and a tie. And so I gave him my jacket and a tie, and he got cremated along with him. But it's just heartwarming to be able to see a soul go to heaven, and you got some small part to play with it. I tell people that I go to the Living Sanctuary uh, CP seminars <laughs> year after year, not, not, not every year, but uh, every other year or so. Not so much to listen to Lawrence Chua preach because I heard all his sermons on, on CP before, but to watch his video testimonies. And once in the early years, I think even in the first year that I attended, I asked him, can you give me your videos? I want to show it in PPH, because it will stir something. And he says, sorry, Kokfai, I can't give it to you, because these are 
uh, uh, private uh, things. We can show it at the seminar, but I cannot allow you to, to just bring it away. I said, just, just a shame. Um, but I'm so glad I'm able to do our own now. Okay, so the next video uh, is a little bit long. I think it's about three and a half, four minutes. But just watch carefully, listen carefully, because we don't have the equipment to do fantastic videos. This came out of a, a mobile phone, okay? Just watch this. My name is Hong Lin. I am in Clemente Town Secondary School this year. I'm secondary school. I finished my PSLE in 2018. Very grateful for my result. Because I didn't get empty and retained, and that was like one of the happiest things I've ever been. Okay, most of all, I need to thank you, Auntie Rosalie, for finding sponsor for me. And Auntie Mian. Auntie Mian like really pushed my grades so up. She she actually stayed after her working hours just to teach me during the PSRE period, video exam, further exam. And Auntie Rose is she find okay, she helped in my financial problems. Like she helped my auntie to find a sponsor to pay my school fees. As that year uh a P five uh the principal uh said uh she said to my auntie uh, we will not sponsor Kobe anymore. Then my auntie was like very sad. I was sitting in the inside general office, suspended from class like every one month. Then I was like sitting down there and I was thinking, what is the whole point sitting inside general office and it's like but like I think that my life is just useless uh. Actually I learned a lot of things for the recent camp that happened last year, uh, which is both camp 18, 2018. Uh, I remember this verse that I learned last year, memorized it every day. On three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish and have an eternal life. I was thinking of this verse last uh, last yeah, P5 and P6. I just keep thinking of the verse. As Jesus actually died for my sins. When I drew closer closer to God in during uh, during bowl camp, I actually prayed every day. And during worship, I don't know why I just like feel suddenly I I just burst into tears and like I just keep like saying sorry because I like for no reason. When I come to Kids Connect, I I learned some of the values and I correct it and I correct my wrongdoings and my habits. And now see look I'm a helper in student care, which is a good progress. When I was Primary three, I was a super duper naughty kid. I actually uh, somehow bullied my teacher. I didn't want to cooperate. I like whatever the teacher say, right? I would like talk back ten sentences to the teacher. Uh, I changed for like a very very bad boy to like now. Uh, having setting 
good example in kids connects you can whoever is sponsoring me I really need to shout out to like thank you that you actually paid for my school fees I should appreciate you thank you Okay, I just have a word of caution. Hong Lim is uh, downstairs, I think. Um, so don't, don't talk too much. He knows, of course, uh, because we videoed this. But don't ask him detailed questions and all that. Just encourage him, slap him on the back. Uh, just don't talk too much. Uh. After he's, he's a teenager, okay? He's just sacked one this year. Don't embarrass him. So C. Well, Hong Lim joined us in, for tuition in primary two. Uh, 2014, around about. And we never saw very much. We just, all we saw was that he was a naughty boy. Really naughty. Okay, really naughty. He, he punches people. He, he fights. And um, in fact, okay, I know this is being recorded, but anyway, I'm not going to say that. Um, all we saw was a naughty boy. Um, until we really saw. Until we stopped. And then we really saw, uh, because first he told the school about us, uh, that we were kind of helping him, and then the counsellor called us. And then we really saw, the counsellor told us, he was from a very broken home, he's actually a foreigner, he's Malaysian, and he's paying foreigner school fees here, he's got anger management issues, and at that time they said that he was abused by his auntie, and then we got in, we got in through sympathy, through compassion, we took some action, began to work with the government case officers, we brought him to church, and um, we brought him from his home. Okay, they took him out of the auntie's house, they put him in a boy's home, and we took him, drove him from the home to our kids' connect, which is our our weekday afternoon program. Anyway, drove him back, um, and we spent. Um, he came to our church camp twice. We sponsored twice. Um, Several individuals, as well as a CG, paid his school fees for a foreigner, very, very expensive. And by the way, this year in SEC 1 is even more expensive, okay? His school fees is $8,500 a year. Someone in PPH has already sponsored $3,500, so we're still looking for $5,000. I have no, uh, no fear at all that I will get $5,000 from you guys, okay? In fact, I will get more than $5,000. So please forgive me if I apportion, if, if a lot of you come forward, we'll just everybody share the load, and maybe you just need to, to donate $100, uh, or so, okay? But approach us if you want to help this boy with his very, very expensive school fees. Um, how, what, what else did we spend? Uh, families spend time with him. Now, he's got a reputation of beating people up. But our families spend time and welcome him into the home, play with their own kids and all. Several families. We even have a plastic surgeon spend time on him because at one of these outings we went to, I think he hurt himself. And so there's only one plastic surgeon in PPH. Okay? <laughs> so he came and, and I think plastic surgeons, when they sew stitches, are perfect one. Right? You cannot see. So we spend and we spend. And lastly, Safe. Two church camps ago, Hong Lim received Christ. Last year, 
at Lao Jen, he gave a thanksgiving testimony. And it really encourages all our hearts. <coughs> so I've talked about the five-point sermon twice now. Once more of a, a corporate PPH thing, how we went about serving the community. Number two, the example of Hong Lim, uh, a real-life example of how step-by-step following the Good Samaritan, a parable of Jesus Christ, we are able to touch lives. And, and now, round, round three, on the same five points, let's apply these five principles in a personal, in a non-Teban Gardens way to ourselves. First of all, is to see that life without Jesus is like a donut. Okay, it's not just some kid's song. We see through the eyes of Jesus that people who don't call on His name, who, who don't know how to call on His names, are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. What we often see are curated images of our friends who eat the best food, go to the best cafes, have fantastic holidays on Facebook and Instagram. They look so happy without a care in the world. If we would only stop and take a closer look, that it's not like that. If we stop and we see that in fact they are harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd when they do not have Jesus to call upon for salvation, for daily help in daily lives. And then we sympathize. (coughs) Remember that feeling bad for somebody is just pity, but taking action based on that sympathy is compassion. And recently, I try my best to go for lunches and coffee breaks with uh, my, my cohort, my classmates and schoolmates and friends. And the last one was in my friend's Bukit Timah, very beautiful house. He's an architect professor. And one of my friends there says, oh, I've recently retired and I spent four hours in the shopping center. I said, what? These are highly qualified people, top positions in MNCs. And when he retired, he spends four hours in a shopping center. Loneliness. Mother Teresa once said that the most terrible poverty in the West is the different kind of poverty. It is not only a poverty of loneliness, but also of spirituality. Because all you see are the razzle-dazzle of a shopping center. It's a poverty of spirituality. There is a hunger for love as there is a hunger for God from Mother Teresa. On the 3rd of January this year, I received a text message which reminded me that some 18 years ago, I stopped and I saw. And then I took a very simple, sympathetic action that I had completely forgotten until this person texted to me. And even now, I still cannot remember that I ever did such a thing. So it's not humility, it's uh, dementia. <laughs> okay. So let me read to you. It says, Dear Kokfai, Whenever I come across Jeremiah 29, 11, you know the verse that says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a future and a hope. I am reminded of the day I fell from human glory and self-pride in 2001. And this verse that you sent me, thank you for your encouragement at a critical time for God has used you to sustain me. Wow, I never knew that. And (coughs) the action you take 
can be very, very simple, as in sending a text message. And, you know, sometimes people sympathize with me, but then the sympathy can also work the other way around. In the worst day of my life last year, when I received the PET scan report that said that lung cancer has metastasized to the backbone, um, I stopped <coughs> and I saw that a very good non-believing friend was so sad. I sat at Teban Gardens with him, drink coffee, and then I just shared with him the news. He was so sad. And later on, he told me he couldn't have lunch that day. And, and I do not know what prompted me uh, to turn that sympathy into WhatsApp action. Okay, so I said this to him. And I texted him. I said, surgery is on this Thursday morning at Mount E, Dr. Augustine. Taking this opportunity to speak from my heart to him, Jesus loves you and wants to make everything right for all eternity. My wish, even though it is my job, I say, is that everyone will receive his love and forgiveness and eternal peace. So even though if you think you are in a sad condition, that sympathy can turn the other way around and then you can offer compassion to your friends. So you see, you stop, you sympathize, and then you spend. Okay, like I say, I do not really, really like to go for meals with my friends because they're all very expensive. You know, you end up paying like $80 per night and, and all that, even though you share it out. And sometimes they order wine. And I always remember this friend who says, you look at the wine list, ooh, I wouldn't drink this kind of wine, house wine. So he went to order something expensive. And then we're going to pay. You spend, you give gifts, you, you, you offer deeds of kindness, which I will talk about in three weeks' time. Um, and I think one of the best gifts you can give is, uh, I advertise a bit, huh? because I'm chairman of CCI, Care Channels International. I think CCI products. Honey, uh, uh, aroma, and calendars, and notebooks. And then I always attach a CCI annual report to, to show that you know, these are the products that come from the poor people. So give and give and give. Spend. Spend on people. And lastly, save. Now, even as a pastor, I, I don't have a lot of successes in leading my friends to Christ. Even though I've, I've, I see, I stop, I sympathize, I spend. And a very wise friend one day told a pastor, who said the same thing. You know, I'm a pastor, I encourage my people to evangelize, but I myself, I cannot say that I've led 10 people to Christ every year. And this very wise person says, then be authentic. Tell them. Tell them. Just share that. And so I'm sharing that. <coughs> he says, this will motivate your congregation. You know why? Because if pastor can only do like that, I think I can do better. So I'm sharing with you. Well, I was at the Pastors' Press Summit from Monday to Thursday last week in Malacca. I go there every year, except last year. Last year, I wasn't able to attend. I said, people ask me, so how was the summit? I said, yalla, kena scolded by Taiwanese pastor. Well, uh, Taiwanese pastors were, two Taiwanese pastors were invited to, to take the session. And what they said really made me stop and think and pray and confess. One of the pastors asked, 
you know, in, in a, a typical pastor's eyes, who is an ideal disciple? Say, what if somebody in your congregation obediently practices all the spiritual disciplines? He reads the Bible, he prays, he joins in, in prayer meeting, he's got fellowship in a cell group, he's regular, in fact, 100% attendance on Sundays, he gives his tithe faithfully and above uh, 10%. He studies the Word, and now he's so good at the Word that he can even teach his cell group on Romans, the book of Romans, and soon he can qualify to be an elder or a deacon. Is that an ideal disciple in your church? And I think folks of us will say, oh, wow, if only I could have 300 of those. Or he says, you as a pastor, say you go and visit your, your member in his office and you talk to his office colleagues, 100 of them, and every one of the 100 praises your member that he's a kind person, he's loving, he never swears, he's so encouraging to all of us. And you can see all the pastors in Malacca, they were all like salivating. Wow, if only my members were like that. And then the Taiwanese pastor asked, but what if both of them never shared a testimony? Never explained God's love and the way of God's salvation. In other words, they never preached the gospel. Are they disciples? <laughs> Taiwanese pastors in Malacca said, that if we do not preach the gospel, then we are not disciples. And then, are we a church? If we are not disciples, then we cannot be a church. He says, we need to take down, <coughs> we need to take down our chao pai. Because you're not a church. You're not PPH Brethren Church. You call yourself club members maybe, but not Christians. And so we just call ourselves what? Bible Study Club, uh, PPH Full Stop, Pasir Panjang Hill. And are we blindly going down this socializing and hate knowledge acquiring mode of just playing church? If so, we have no right to be called a church. Jesus' body, the church, has a fundamental mission to bring people to Christ, to Him, to disciple them, so that they may bring others to Him, to save them, send them to eternal life with God in heaven. And so what is the issue? <coughs> issue is compassion. You know that Christian compassion, or really any kind of compassion, cannot be manufactured or, or emotionally manipulated. It is value-based. Christian compassion and hence, sympathy in action comes when we recognize the value of a soul. Whether that soul is eternally lost, or that soul is reconciled to a loving Heavenly Father, or that soul is harassed, helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd. With a lot of money in the bank account, yes, but drifting aimlessly in the shopping centers. What is the value of a soul? And I copy this illustration. What is the value of an Ivy League education? If you say to some of our tiger moms that if you lead 20 souls to, to the Lord in a year, 
your son or daughter will be guaranteed a financially a, 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 a free education in Harvard or Princeton. What would they do? Oh my goodness, we're going to have a lot of tiger mums working their guts out so that the son or daughter will, will achieve the value of an Ivy League education. So the question now is, is a soul worth less than an Ivy League education? So I leave you on this very somber note to think about how we're going to live our life this year. Let me invite the music team, Tom, and uh, let's have this closing song together, which is about compassion. The parable of the Good Samaritan ended this way. Show mercy. The one who showed mercy, Jesus pointed out, that's a Good Samaritan. Mercy for harassed, helpless, lost. And then he says, go and do likewise. So let's go do likewise.